Welcome to the Lion's Den with Seth, a podcast where progressive men and women can learn and teach each other the ways of the land. The Lion's Den is where royalty comes to counsel. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Seth. Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Lion's Den with Seth, and I am Seth. So we're going to have a very, very great show today and i just want you to realize where we are in today's time there's a lot of um, the social unrest is going on there's racial issues here and there and so this show we're going to have a great conversation with a community leader all right but before we go into that you know what we have to do around this time we have to give a special shout out to our sponsors our first sponsor like you already know is upper souls make sure you check them out on instagram okay upper souls they have those up-to-date or retro kicks those jordans hey they are legit this young man getting it in make sure you go to instagram to check them out follow them and ask him what his prices are and see what else he have coming in so the name is upper souls u-p-p-e-r-s-o-l-e-z right on so make sure you check them out and also Last week, we had a great host on, uh, not a great host, but our guest, Miss Tracy Brown, and she has credit repair down to a math, right, and science. So make sure you look out and, and check her out. Her number is 618-560-3687. Anything that you want to know, credit, okay, how to get your credit right and things that you think you may know, she has a wealth of knowledge to get it together. But before we go into the show, I want to introduce back to the show as a host, right? Our co-host, Miss Sharita. She is the she is a LPC. That's a licensed professional counselor, right? Did I say that right? Got it right. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, y'all give it up for Miss Sharita. <laughs> right? How you doing, ma'am? Doing great. It's Leo season, so I'm happy to be in the den. Yeah, that's right. Happy <laughs> birthday to you. Look at you. You you, hey, you you look good for 33. Is that is that good? Thank you. All right. Thank you. Woo! I was sweating. Didn't know. <laughs> All right. You know how you know black don't crack. And so I'm gonna introduce to Herm. What you got going on, Herm? I done told you about my accolades, man. I I said how I wanted to be introduced. Oh, how you want to be introduced? Go ahead. Let let me let me hear how you want to be introduced. So I'm supposed to be Senior Master Sergeant, the great one, karaoke superstar, Herman Brown III. <laughs> all right. So, like you already know, all right, Herman. Come on, man. Yo, can, can I do you ain't no damn karaoke. What? Stop it. How you feeling this, this weekend, I'm doing, bro? I'm doing good, bro. I'm doing good. Uh, went home to Tennessee for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Everything is good. Good, good, good. How's the family? Everybody good? Everybody's good, brother. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I know you was working, working hard in that restaurant, <laughs> bro. Yo, your mom's got you in there getting it. Yo, I seen that video yeah. of old buddy uh, standing there and the lady was mopping and then she just hit him, cold cocked him with the mop. For what? Bro, bro I, I, like I tell people, man, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be a tough transition after being 21 years in the military. And, you know, more of my, more of my advice and my mentorship is value. And then when I go to tell my mom something, she tells me, man, I ain't trying to hear that shit all day. See? You know? <laughs> like she, 
like I'm five years old again, man. So hey, bro, uh, hey, look, she been getting in for a while, so you got to you know let her do what she got to do. But so the reason why we here, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very, 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 very special guest, Miss Francine Nicholson. How you doing, ma'am? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, she is the president of the NAACP in the O'Fallon, Illinois branch. And she came here to, A, bless us, right? Because we, we have some cool people on, but not this cool, right? Because we have a lot of people that come to the den that say, hey, this is what we want to do in the community. But she is grinding, all right? Grinding. So, ma'am, if you will, just tell us a little bit about what you do for this branch and uh, for the NAACP? So what I do, again, I'm the president of the branch. I assumed that role, or was elected to that role in 2014. And basically my assignment is to make sure within the community that we have economic, social, and racial uh, Well, just tell us a little bit about what you and I do that by working with the leadership in the, in, in the various offices within the community, meaning the mayor, the alderman, the police chief, his, his leadership team. I even work some of the, with some of the churches in the community to let them know we're here. We're here to help. We're here to give you advice if need be and to help change some of the policies that you may have in place. And if I may, I would like to speak to some of that. Uh, I've been working with directly with the police chief in the community on some of the policies that he has in place. And so most people may not realize back in 2014, the Illinois Chiefs of Police and the NAACP state came together after Michael Brown's death to try to bridge the gap between the mistrust of the black community and the police department. And so they worked on that diligently. And in 2018, they released what is called 10 shared principles. And those are principles that they use to help incorporate in policing. And I'm just going to read one of the principles, which you would think would be very common sense, but in some communities it isn't. And the first principle is we value the life of every person and consider life to be the highest value. Now, if that were the case for all police departments... Wait, George wait, wait, Floyd, wait. Are you okay. saying that that has to be implemented? Apparently, George Floyd, let's talk about him. They do not have these 10 shared principles. It's very common sense. You would think that everybody would have this incorporated in their policies, but they do not. Common sense and, ain't common, and that's horrible. That is and horrible. After, after this, you know, we signed the 10 shared principle, the mayor police chief and I proclamation of the city, but it wasn't just enough to sign those principles. How do those principles incorporate with your policies? So we've been working together, implementing these principles within the policies that you give to your police officers. The intention was to bring this to the community back in March. Unfortunately, that didn't happen because of COVID, but at some point we will bring this to the community and let them know this is what we've been working on. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. And before we go into the questions, because I know Herman, Ms. Sharita, she got some questions. I want to say a special, special shout out to everyone that's watching right now. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Please share this. Okay. If this is your first time watching the Lions Den, 
please, please share, give thumbs up, give the heart emojis, all that, right? Because this is very important. Don't forget too, if you have questions, you can put them down in the chat or we're going to put out the number here shortly so that you can call in live. All right. So go ahead, Big Herm, what you got? Well, as a matter of fact, ladies first, since it's your birthday, Leo, right? So go ahead, ma'am. What, what, what you have to say? What, what question you have? So, Ms. Francine, welcome to the show. And um, I just want to start with what's relevant in the country right now. Um, as we all know, there's a huge um, Black Lives Matters movement. Um, I'm noticing a level of reemergence of the Black Panther Party. Doesn't seem to be very similar to the old one, but I have seen a reemergence. And so, with these things going on, what do you? How do you see the NAACP being continuing to be relevant in this time? Okay, so we will continue to be relevant, first and foremost, because we're in the courts fighting for equal rights. Uh, whenever you see on the news, let's go to voting, for example, when they have the lone lines where the in the red states where they're closing the polls, the mm -hmm. NAACP are the ones going to court to keep those polling stations open. Again, we're, we're in the courts with the racial injustice, the discrimination. Uh, since George Floyd's death, I've had Black Lives Matter members reach out to me and say, how can we work together? I think that is very encouraging. Mm -hmm. NAACP is an old organization. Foundationally, we're very old. We have the foundation in place. But we always say we need new ideas. We need young people to join with us. We need those new ideas. We will continue to fight in the course. We will continue to fight for social justice. We will continue to fight for to eliminate racial discrimination. And that's what the NAACP does. And that's why you have your local branches in your communities fighting for those issues for you. You may not be aware this is going on, but it is going on. And you know what? I'm, yeah, I'm glad that you said that, too. And this is this goes out to those individuals that are very upset right now. And trust me, we understand because we all are feeling it in, in different parts of our lives. But before you go out and, and ask, hey, what is the NAACP doing and, and what is Black Lives Matter really doing? How about you do your research and find out and then ask yourself, what are you doing instead of sitting behind your computer talking mess? You feel me? Because if you're just talking that cash money, right, you, you're really not doing nothing. As a matter of fact, you're part of the problem. You feel me? So, yes, I'm calling out whoever whoever has an issue with that, because you, as soon as you say, well, you know, NAACP been around what, since 1906 or something like that, and they ain't doing nothing, they just old people. OK, now you get it in. Herm, what you got, bro? Hey, Miss Francine. Again, thank you for coming on to the show. I wanted to go back to your work with the police uh, chief of O'Fallon for a little bit because I think that's very important um, to have a hand-in-hand -hand working relationship with the cops and stop and try to break that us versus them mentality, right? So when when you started your um, your work with the police uh, police uh, department did you see like resistance at first or were they, they i know they reached out to you but was it still a little bit like oh we ain't really trying to tell you much or was it hey we're really trying to get to the bottom of this and make sure what happened down there don't happen here initially when i started working with the police department was in 2014 and at that time the police chief did not think that they had there were any racial issues in fairview heights okay because let's think about this sure you're surrounded by people who look like you 
you have to bring different people to the table and have those conversations. And they may be difficult conversations, but he was open to having those conversations. And because he was, he gradually started moving towards the middle and said, okay, maybe we're not perfect. What do we need to do differently that we have been doing in the past? And that's how our conversation started. I worked with the police chief in O'Fallon as well as Fairview Heights. And um, again, this all started Michael Brown. They did not want a Michael Brown in their backyard. They were trying, they were saying, how do we prevent this from happening? And again, you have to be open with your residents in the community. You can't be shielded and assume everything that you're doing is correct. So you have to hear from different voices. And that's what they started to do. They started to listen to different voices and implementing some of those things that we were talking to them about. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, that's that's good. That's real good. What you got, Miss Sharita? I think it is important. I'm glad that you said that, that NAACP had roots because I think some of the newer organizations actually could work collaboratively with you to learn how to galvanize and move things forward like you all started, to, how you started the movement a long time ago. So I certainly think that there's something that they can learn from you and the NAACP to actually move their movement forward. But with that being said, this is kind of a generation of a lot of woke people. And so with the woke generation. Wait, 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 just, wait, wait, hold on. Wait, wait. Did you say the woke? Well, I'm, I no, don't I right. consider myself intelligent, educated, and aware, but I don't know if I, I'm quite but woke. But you still sleep. Yeah. Oh, no. I, might, I might not be woke. When so I open, for the people who are woke, I'm giving their, their credit right now. They are woke. When I open like, CB, like CBS. Oh, hey, listen, look, check this out. Just because it's the first year they heard about Juneteenth don't mean they woke. You know what I'm saying? Oh, since since they're woke, and I'm I'm going to say I'm going to uh, maybe define that a little. Mm. I would consider woke as people that feel that they have investigated con conspiracy theories, they study political movements more, and they're in a lot of conversation about politics often on a higher level than myself. So, with that being said, since they're woke, what should the woke people be doing to help move the brown community forward? And then later would be what would the non-woke, maybe people like myself, um, what can we do to move the community forward? Because as we are entertaining all these conversations, it only matters what you do. And so since you're woke, what should the woke people do? What they can do is volunteer with the NAACP. And I say that because, again, we're in the community we're all over the place. We need people to attend board meetings. We need people to attend the school board meetings. We need people to attend the town hall meetings. When the mayor meets with the council, we need people in those rooms so that you understand the decisions that are being made without you there. And once you understand it and hear what's being said, then come back and then let's strategize and see what we can do differently. But if you don't know, and if you're not in that room, you don't know. So maybe step off of social media conversations and physically be present in the movement. Correct. Okay. Message. So I just want everybody to know that. And so we're hearing it. Yeah, yeah, it's shot fired. Yeah, it's shot fired. Yeah, to anybody that can't dig it. But listen, Miss Francine, got a question from, uh, from the audience. So... Are there common platforms 
for each local branch, or are there general platforms that work in tandem nationally? Okay, so we get our directives from national and state, so we're all working towards the same platform, and it can change depending on what's going on in your community. But mm -hmm. we're all one NAACP working towards the same goal, which is to help eliminate racial discrimination in any shape, form, or fashion we can. But again, it depends on your community, what's going on in your community, and how you can make those changes within your community. Okay. So I suggest wherever you live, reach out to your local NAACP branch and ask them those questions. And and a question, and I'll get you in one second, ma'am, but um, how is the NAACP funded? Because I know that there are individuals that fill away when it's about their money and what people say they're going to do with the money versus what they actually do with it. So how how is the, the money funded or NAACP funded? The local branches are funded through membership. So anyone that joins the NAACP, you pay a membership fee. We send a portion of that to national and we keep a portion. What we do with our portion is to make sure we're viable and running. For example, we're doing a lot of Zoom calls. We need to be able to pay for that. So we can pay our annual uh, membership subscription through those funds, through your membership. Social media, those type of things. When we're hosting events, the money that you pay for your membership is it, it's taking care of it that way. National, I mean, again, portion of the membership goes to national. They get grants, of course, and they get, you know, they hold uh, banquets. They get funding from donors, and that's how they operate, and that's how we operate. Okay. We're not, I'm a volunteer. I don't get paid for this. So what I do is volunteer. Mm, okay. All right. All right. That makes sense. Well, look, before we go into um, another question, all right, give me one second, Miss Sharita, because I know you got one hot and ready. Look at her. Is she ready no, to go? No, I was actually just going to build on what she already talked about. Okay, so. well, well, look, we're going to put a pin in it real quick because, uh, Miss Francine, if you didn't know anything about this side of uh, Belleville, you need to go and check out Kevlar's Grill, all right? Look at those rib tips and shrimps and, and, and chicken. It's good. So check out Kevlar's Grill, ladies and gentlemen. They have the uh, they do catering as well, but make sure you contact them. The number is 618-416-5700. They're right outside the back gate of Scott Air Force Base with the in inside of the Scott VFW. All right, they have Grubhub and the food is outstanding. 25 mile radius. Okay. And next we also have Miss Monique Slater. She is a realtor that you can trust. And her and her team, even though they're based down in San Antonio, her and her team has got it down to a science where they can help you, help you to get a house within six hours. So if you're in the San Antonio area or you want to go to San Antonio or you have orders there or you're just looking for a home, she can help you out. Her number is 210-237-7268. All right, right on, right on. All right, go ahead, Miss Sharita. So just adding on to the question that was asked by the person, um, do you meet with other NAACPs in regional groups? So I know that you're in O'Fallon, but some of us are in St. Louis City, St. Louis County. I don't know if those branches are all separate. And when they are, do they ever get together as, as you know, local community NAACPs kind of within a certain radius to kind of collaborate 
on how to support the city? So we meet quarterly, Illinois does, the Illinois branches meet quarterly for our quarterly meeting and we're updated on things that are going on within the various uh, communities. We also have a monthly president's call. So all the presidents gets on the call monthly. Uh, we discuss what's going on within our communities. We get advice from our state president who is Teresa Haley. Uh, we get uh, information that she has from the national. So we're informed uh, within this community, we have Edwardsville, George Cunningham, East St. Louis, Stanley Franklin. So the three of us stand communication constantly because we're so closely tied. We want to make sure that we're educating and informing each other on what's going on. Okay. Right on. What you got, Herm? So we kind of we kind of talked about the NAACP, but we didn't really talk directly about the NAACP. Like we didn't even say what it stood for. You know what I mean? We're just assuming everybody <laughs> oh, that's okay. Go that ahead. knows, right? So if you could, Ms. Francine, talk about directly about the NAACP. What is like the mission and goals for the NAACP and what does it actually mean? Because there are some people like Herman that may think that it's a rap group. Okay, that's what he I said. I thought it was a music group at first, so I didn't know. You know what I mean? So that's look, a joke, I, I, no, it ain't. Don't look, look, me. No, 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 cancel his ass, okay? Because look, <laughs> I need him to hold on to the his, to his darker side, right? Hold on to his dark side. Go ahead, Miss Francine. So the NAACP stands for National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. So that's what the the initials stand for. Our mission statement, and I'll read this to you. The mission statement is to ensure the political, educational, social, and economic equality of all citizens, to achieve equality of rights and eliminate race prejudice among the citizens of the United States, to remove all barriers of racial discrimination through democratic processes, and on and on, to educate persons as to their constitution, constitutional rights, and to take all lawful action to secure the exercise and other action uh, consistent with the NAACP Articles of Incorporation. If you go to the website NAACP.org, all this is listed. They have a lot of information on there that you can get and go into more detail than I can go into at this particular time. But the information is out for you to review and look at. NAACP.org. Yes, thank you for that. And ladies and gentlemen, if there's any other information that you don't have, and you're not in this local area, like I, like she said, I just want to make sure we, we reemphasize that. Please do your research. Hey, so Miss Francine got a question. It's a little off topic, and you can speak on it if you don't, if you want to, if you can. But how do you feel about the current administration and what is being put in place to help individuals to vote? to help them to vote. So if you can, if you can say how you feel, Miss Francine, not the president of the NAACP, if it don't get you in trouble, right? We don't want you getting, getting impeached, right? For saying something crazy, but we still want to know, you know, what you think and, and how we're helping the community out. So the mission of the NAACP is to fight an interracial hatred. The current occupant of the White House does not adhere by that. His model is to incite racial tensions. Okay. The NAACP, our goal is for voter engagement. We're going to encourage people to vote. 
the national branch, and if you go to the website, you'll see that we're asking for volunteers. And what that does, if you sign up as a volunteer, they will send you a list of 10 individuals within a two to three mile radius of where you live. They're gonna ask you to call those individuals or text those individuals to ask them if they would vote. They will give you a script, of course, and ask them if they would vote in this election. What we, the local branch is gonna do, we're going to find, we have a database we can go into. We're gonna get a list of individuals who are not registered to vote. And unfortunately, there are a lot of those individuals. And we're gonna reach out to those individuals and encourage them to vote. And if we help, have to go knock on their door, not that we want to, if they allow us to come and knock on their door, we're gonna take a voter registration card with us and register them to vote at that time. But again, it's not enough to register to vote. We have to go out and vote. And vote, happen. right, 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 right. So, so it's almost like, listen, here's the water. We can't make you drink it, seriously. Okay, and, and I just wanna make sure you know and that everyone out in the audience know, ma'am, we are extending our help Okay, as far as the lions, then if there's anything we can do to help, right, to go and knock on doors and say, hey, and, and I mean, you know, Hermie will, might want to muscle some people say, hey, vote fool, or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But whatever the case it is, though, but we seriously do want to help anything that we can do. And I know we talked about it before, but just want to make sure that um, that, you know, that that offer still stands. Mr. Rita, what you got, ma'am? So with that being said about our president, um, I wanted to know, what do you think um, our Caucasian brothers and sisters, you know, brothers from another mother, sisters from another mister, what can they do <laughs> to support the movement? Because as we know, history shows the movement did not move forward just from brown people. There were people that walked alongside of us who stood and helped move things for us. So what would you say that they can do, those of us, who, those of them who really want to support us in this movement, how can they support it? Again, I would advise them also to get out and get people registered to vote. If you're a deputy registrar, that goes a long way. If not, let me know. I can help you to become a deputy registrar. And that means anybody that you see, when the restaurants were open, I would take the, um, the cards with me, voter registration cards with me, and ask the, re ask the um, waitresses, are you registered to vote? If not, would you register? So be involved, be engaged in that. Also, I suggest to our white brothers and sisters, talk to your friends and your family members and people that look like you. Talk to them about the issues that are going on. We all have implicit biases. Talk to them about those and see how you can, I don't wanna use the word sway, but if any way you can make them understand the importance of this election, it's not only impacting black and brown people, it will impact you also as a white individual. Wow. Yeah, that's deep. And I think people fail to, to realize that it's a lot of uh, smoke and mirrors, but it's like we're in the same building, maybe different floors, but we're in the same building. And it's unfortunate that we have to have those type of conversations because folks feel as though they're immune to what's really happening. Right. Herm, what you got, brother? So, man, we talked a little bit off air about it. Um, so as a, in the black community, you know, a high, like we we'll say like the high 90s, we normally vote on the Democratic side. And when you look at the black communities, especially in inner cities, they're, they're always behind. You know, we rarely see like changes or changes move coming fast enough. Uh, what is the importance of voting if 
our results are not coming. Are we are we looking at it the wrong way? Is there other things we should be looking at? Okay, so what we tend to do is vote every four years in the federal election. It's very important that we vote in the local election. Decisions are being made on the local level. And those decisions are being made by the city you live within. And with these surrounding communities, and I'm going to call out Belleville, O'Fallon, Fairview Heights, the decisions are being made not by the mayor, but by the aldermen. So they vote on the policies within those cities. So what we need to do, we as a people need to start running for aldermen. We need to be sitting at that table. We need to be helping making those decisions that are driving our communities. Now the mayor, he only votes in case at a time. Once those policies are implemented, the city administrator, he's the one that makes sure those policies they voted on flow throughout the community. So how does the city administrator get his job? The mayor appoints that individual. How does the police chief get his job? The mayor appoints that individual. We have to be become better educated. We have to attend the board, automatic board meetings. We have to sit there and listen to what they're voting on and what they're talking about. And if we don't like it, you pull out your alderman of your ward and you talk to that individual and say, I don't agree with this. And start having those conversations. We have to take responsibility for ourselves. We can't depend on another to make those decisions for us or to someone else or someone else would do it for me. Get involved. It boils down to this, get involved, if at all possible. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Ms. Rita, what you got, ma'am? So kind of just going a little bit further, what do you think is the biggest disparity or challenge that you think keeps us from moving forward. You know, we all read about, we hear about, you know, the civil right greats, and it seems like we were so progressive and we felt, you know, it just, everybody was seeming like they were to galvanize moving forward. But then here we are in 2020 kind of feeling like, have we made enough great steps forward? Or what are the things that are keeping us from moving forward? Because there's so many people that fought before us just like, you know, this guy, John Lewis, all these grades that we've been talking about getting in good trouble. What has happened, do you think, that kept us from constantly moving forward from the movements that started back in the 60s, especially after the Voting Rights Act? I think we became complacent. Mm -hmm. We started gathering this wealth. I know they say Black people don't have wealth, but we do. I mean, we have good jobs. We have, you know, nice homes. We have a little bit of money in our bank accounts. We became educated. And we assume because we have all of these that they have over there, then we are like, and we are okay. And it's okay to rest on our laws and we cannot do that. We have to continue, always continue. That's why we have the NAACP. That's why we have us in these communities to, to see what's going on in the communities. As I said, most people do not have the relationships I have with the leaders, but you need to try to develop those relationships. You need to have a conversation with your mayor. You need to have a conversation with your police chief. We have, we can't stop. And unfortunately we get comfortable and it's so easy to be comfortable and we can't, we can't. 
You know what? I, I, yeah, that's a, a great, 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 powerful point. And I, I see that as being so true in our communities. But when we don't take responsibility, right? If we, when we don't take responsibility in our own community, and the, but we're sitting back complaining about it. Well, you know, so-and-so ain't right in office. You know, so-and-so ain't right in office. And, but then you have an opportunity every year to get involved, right? And or really do research and see who you're voting for. Look at their track records. You know what I mean? We don't do that. First of all, we talk about everybody that gets in office, but you you don't even look and see who's getting into office and then until it hits you, right? Until it affects you or in your backyard. Now you got a problem with it. Big Herm, what you got, bro? So I really liked how you said you'll take registration cards and talk to uh, like waitresses and waitress waiters about, hey, you registered to vote and get them registered to vote. Um, so going a little bit further on that, like for these people that have no idea what this process looks like or, you know, what an alderman is, where do you suggest that, you know, they find out that information? Like where can they go to like to get a, you know, like a little overview of where, where should they start first? Interesting you say that. So my branch is starting in September. We're going to host a um, Facebook live page or a Zoom webinar. Uh, probably 15 to 20 minutes, then we're going to start educating people. So we're going to go out there and say, you know, this candidate is, well, we can't do that. You can't talk about the candidate. <laughs> but we're going to let them know early voting, the dates, where to go to get the forms, the form, you know, those type of things. We're going to start, we can have a list of the candidates. We're going to let them know those candidates. We're going to inform people before you go and vote, pull down a sample ballot so you know what you're voting for. Because there may be things on the ballot that you're not aware of until you walk up to that polling place. So what we're going to do is start educating people. We're going to ask you to call in with your questions. We're going to start this in mid-September to gear people towards that November 3rd election date. And we're going to do it continually until election date. Nice. We have to be informed. Good. And Go if you have a question, ask that question. We're going to answer that question for you. And I'm going to have my um, my political chair run this program along with his assistant political chair. I'm going to let them handle this and I'm going to step aside because I am, they are empowered to do what I do, but with a different title. Awesome. Go ahead, Herm. You got another back up. Yeah, just to follow up. You said you can't, you can't talk about um, the actual people that's running. But can you talk about the policies? Like, you know, if, if somebody, is, and you could look at it and be like, hey, this policy, uh, in, a, in the most unbiased way you can, like, this is what this policy means. And this yes. is what the, the pros and the cons about it and things of that. Day. So you can do that. We can do that. We can, again, we cannot endorse a candidate. Right. But we can talk about the policies that are favorable to us in our communities. Yes. Cool. Okay. Okay. And so there's a question uh, from our from our viewers asked, and it's a great question. Do you guys allow memberships from allies? So if someone got a Black Lives Matter shirt on or, you know, they, they got the uh, Black Panthers uh, beret on, like, yo, I'm ready to, you know, wear two hats, you know, do you guys allow that or do they have to take off one in order to be part of the NAACP? No, we allow that simply because we're looking for ideas. Allies is like white folks, though. To stifle people. Oh, 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 yeah, okay. I, well, well, yeah, that's what that means. Okay, well, still. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, well apparently, yeah, yeah. I believe they do. And, and the reason why I put that out there is because if 
you know what? I'm assuming that individuals know the history of NAACP. It didn't start with all, you know, all yeah. of us. So, uh, and that, that's me for being ignorant and, and assuming that individuals know that. However, there are sometimes we think that because we're on one part of the spectrum that we won't be able to dig another part, but we're on the same lane. You get what I'm saying? So, so, so white folks can be part of NAACP. I don't, I didn't know. You ain't know that. My, my, my first vice president is white. Hey, it was cancel yeah. her. We're canceling you, her, bro. You on time. I'm gonna pull, I'm gonna pull your, 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 your black card for a minute. I know it's only half of it, but <laughs> I'm only gonna pull half of it. Right. Go uh, ahead, Miss Francine. I'm sorry. Man, the, when I first heard the NAACP, I thought the first hand stand for Negro song. You know what I mean? So I didn't know, bro. You know what I mean? I did not know. Now I know. Welcome to the Lions Den. <laughs> Ass. <laughs> Go ahead, Ms. Francine. Go ahead. Uh, my first vice president's Caucasian, and actually it was his idea to start the O'Fallon branch of the NAACP. Ex-military guy, so he's involved, believe me. He's engaged. Yeah, so it's open to all races. Wow, that's awesome. That's and awesome. The, as, as you said, uh, Seth, the NAACP did not start with just black people. Right. So people... If, if go to the website naacp.org and there's a history out there of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Miss uh, Sarita, what you got? So you talked about young people and I know that even back in the 60s, there were young people that really led the movement forward. They were fearless. They were, you know, they were ignited. They really want to move the movement forward. So what would you say to young people? How do you feel like we can work to get them involved in this work so that the NAACP and all these organizations can continue to move forward and com- you know continue to rebirth itself with every generation. Yeah, cuz so I was you- yeah, I was going to ask that because I don't know if uh, NAACP is on TikTok. So y'all might need to get on TikTok. <laughs> you see what I'm saying and and, and get a uh you know uh what is it snap snappy what is it snap what is it snap something? <laughs> Snapchat. There it is. All right. <laughs> Might have to get one of those, you know, to get some of these Thundercats in. But no, to her point, what are you, um, what is NAACP doing to attract the youth? Okay, again, with uh, the, the advent of uh, George Floyd, I've had young people coming to me and saying, how can I help? So, come, teach me how to use TikTok. Is it TikTok or TikTok? <laughs> It's t- <laughs> we, hey, we, hey, it's, it's, it's tickety something for a minute, right? <laughs> it's tick, tick, ticking. It's ticking. We need that. Our minds are not closed. Okay, so when I was younger, and I was younger once upon a time, <laughs> when my parents were involved in the NAACP, I thought it was an old organization then. You know, so it's just a progression. As I keep saying, we need young people. We have to pass this on. I can't do this forever, nor do I want to but we need younger ideas that are with the generation. And there was one question that you asked me, you know, you haven't asked yet, but you had asked why should millennials vote? And I'm going to say the reason they should vote, let's think about the Supreme Court. Supreme Court. You're voting for that. You're voting for federal judges. So we need you to get people engaged. We need you to get your friends to vote, you need, we need you to get to those individuals who say my vote doesn't matter. Yes, it does matter. Look at our country now. Look at the pandemic we're in now. These are consequences of not voting because we don't have the leadership that we need. So why should a millennial vote? Again, I'm gonna go to the Supreme Court. The decisions they're making are gonna last for 50 years or longer. 
this is your generation they're going to be impacting. Now, we have two Supreme Court judges. One is uh, 87 and one is 82, and they are left-leaning. So let's think about that. If we have another four years of the current administration, chances are they're not going to make it through four years. So who do you think is going to be nominated to go on that bench? They're going to, that person, their decisions are impacting you, your children, your grandchildren, and so on. We need for you to become engaged. Wow. Wow. Whoa. Now, all right, ladies and gentlemen, and, and for all you millennials, so I guess that's everybody that's in 80 and after, and then the other generation don't know what that is. Don't matter. Y'all can't vote anyway. But for those that are interested Please, please, please. It is a it's a reason. It's a reason why. Do your research and find out what you can do. And don't wait for permission. The thing, the reason why I say that is because you have a phone. Back in the day, we had Encyclopedia Britannica's. Y'all don't even know what that is, right? So if you wanted to know something, you had to go through these long line of books. But now you can just do 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 Google. As a matter of fact, you ain't even got to type it. All you gotta do is talk to it. Hey Google, what's this? You feel me? So don't become so mentally lazy that you need someone to force something down your throat. If you feel it in your heart, do the research. It's there waiting for you to get it in. Like she said, she don't well, she's not gonna do this forever and she shouldn't have to. We should. You feel me? We should be ready to do this now and not waiting. You feel me? Herm, what you got? And a vote today oh, really lays the groundwork for the lives that we all there live. There you go. Right. So young people, when you think about that, think about not, I know we're a generation of me and I, but the thing is what you do as an individual will lay the groundwork for what your family, how they live 10 and 15 and 20, 50 years from now. So Absolutely. You wonder about voting. You might not look like the way look, what you see may not represent what you look like now, but it will certainly represent the life that you and your family live later. So, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's powerful. It's powerful. And you know what? For those of you, I, well, here, here's a question for you, Miss Francine, because I, I would like you to speak on it because he, uh, I, people don't believe what I say. I don't, I don't have enough uh, numbers behind my name or letters, right? But why do you think? voting is important because there's individuals out there that say it don't matter if i vote or not my vote don't count can you explain why voting matters consequences who's sitting in the white house voting matters <laughs> look to the leadership we have today Message. Matters. yeah so if you did not vote four years ago you have no one to blame for yourself don't complain get up and do something now wow why, hey, that's it. You know what? That's so simple. But I don't think individuals really understand that. It was a time when it was outlawed for us to vote. You understand? People feel as though that was hundreds of years ago, and it wasn't that long ago, even for women to vote. You see? So it, it's things are pretty recent, right? Don't, don't get it twisted. Big Herm, what you got, brother? Uh oh, hold on, he's muted. Got a question from Chanel in uh in the chat. She's asking, is there a succession development plan in place for the next generation of leaders in the organization? The answer that is done locally, and you do that by joining the organization. You align yourself with the leader and you start you start shadowing that individual. So that you understand what it entails. 
so that you're prepared for the next level when it comes, when it's available. What? So it's done on the local level with the local branches where we're starting to groom those individuals to succeed us as we transition out and we get the younger, more younger people in those positions of authority and power. So I have my own question. Um, so as the NAACP president for O'Fallon, right, what is some of your most difficult, your trying moments uh, that, that reoccurs in your day-to-day your -day as the head of this organization? My problem is I will hear or see on social media, I had this problem in O'Fallon and nobody did anything. If I don't know, I cannot address the issue with those in power. You need to reach out to us if you're having problems. I had an individual to say to me, the police department followed me home every night for a week. And I'm like, that was two years ago. Why are you telling me now? It could have been addressed. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. <laughs> are you exactly. serious? I am serious. I am serious. If you're having problems, talk to us so that but we see, can deal with this. With that, like, say if the police followed me home two weeks in a row, I wouldn't—I honestly wouldn't think I need to contact the NAACP about it. You know, I wouldn't know to, to even contact y'all that y'all did that. that. I'm glad I hope people are listening and, and learning because I'm learning too, too as we go. You know, my—I don't know what I would have done if the police were following me home two uh, for two weeks straight. You know, so you know, might not know. And that's good to know. So this is an education process. If you're having problems in your community and you feel as if you're being discriminated against our profile, reach out to your local NAACP office, talk to them, and then let them take action with that. Wow. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, hopefully you are picking up these jewels. All right. And these are individuals, leaders in the community that, hold on, I don't use that word loosely. When I say leaders in community, I don't mean the ones that you think should be a leader in the community. We're talking about an established leader in the community that can help you. You need to know who they are, but still, I will reemphasize, do your research. Do your research to find out who is who, okay? And not worried about, you know, uh, what's the next verses and who's entangled, entangled, entanglement, and what WAP, whatever the case it is, really. Find out what's going on with you and what's going on in your community because you never know when you're going to need that help. But before we go back to you, Miss Francine, and, and, and the rest of the damn, we got one last sponsor, okay? One last sponsor. We got to give them a shout out. So we're talking about medical coding and billing training. If you are interested in learning a new medical trade, I highly, highly, highly suggest that you give Miss Yvonne a call. Her number is 618-825-8173. And especially this coming up Thursday on the 13th, right? 13th, they still have slots available. And if you don't have enough money, she can help you out with finances. But once you uh, once you finish this course, you can go into medical facilities all over the U.S. And it's digital, right? So you can do all this training virtual. You don't have to leave your home to get this in. All right. So make sure you give them a call. It's the Physicians Management Services. Again, the number is 618-825-8173. Give Yvonne a call and let her know that you saw her and heard us 
talk about it on the Lions Den. Right on. So, Miss Sharita, what you got, ma'am? So as a graduate of a HBCU, which means historically black college and university, um, I was wondering, is the NAACP on their international level, are they really working to collaborate with uh, HBCUs to groom the next set of leaders moving forward? Because as we know, many of the great leads, um, Martin Luther King Jr., Winston Morehouse, you know, John Lewis went to Fisk, of course, the best HBCU mine. But with that being said, they were groomed at historically black colleges. So on an international level, you all working collaboratively to build a presence at HBCUs and collaborate with them to groom our next leaders. So we have what we call our college unit, and they are in the HBCUs, and they're run by the college students. So they are being groomed with the leadership, of course, of the, of the local branch with the tutoring and mentoring there. So the, the college units are in the colleges. They have a, the NAACP branch there. That's where the grooming and mentoring is starting in those college branches. I will also say we're working with the fraternities and sororities. We work directly with them. So we were on a call uh, last week regarding voter engagement and we had the uh, Deltas involved and they in turn are gonna be involved in their community, so yes. We collaborate with the various partners. Oh, <laughs> uh, you, you uh, uh, see, <laughs> Sharita, you you win it. Well, well listen, we support all uh, organizations that are willing to move the community forward. Uh -huh. But of course, the ladies of Alpha Cap Alpha Sorority Incorporated okay. working diligently to get out with voter registration and help address community issues. Show, show you right. Yeah, I had to put it out there. Hey, so look, Miss Francine got another question. So what advice can you pass uh, to our earlier point, right? What advice can you pass on to those who did vote? in 2016 and may not feel like their voices were heard. Popular votes don't always reflect voters' participation. True, simply because we are the Electoral College. Mm. And again, we're looking toward progressive candidates and progressive people going to office in the House and the Congress. It's up to them to enact those changes. So continue to vote, don't give up. You know, make your, make your concerns known and hopefully we can do something with that electoral college because to me that's antiquated and it doesn't represent the majority of the country. So I was just about to ask, do you feel like the NAACP is thinking about what they can do as a, a, a organization grounded and rooted to work on the electoral college? Because we know that's a big deal. And again, it's not the popular vote that wins. And so that can be very discouraging. And we know what the electoral college can do, the power that it has and that it doesn't represent properly to me. So I'm just wondering, is that one of the things the NAACP is still doing the galvanize to help other large organizations move forward on what we can do to maybe change that? We do that by supporting the policies. So lay the policies out there. We support that. We embrace it. We advertise it. We get it in the communities. That's how we're doing that mm. because it has to change. Has to has to. And to our earlier question, and I'm going to get down to you, Herman, in a second, but to our earlier question, I know we talked about the uh, HBCUs and getting out there, but not everyone is college bound. So what is the NAACP doing as far as connecting with those that went that are going to trade schools? Is that even an option or is that like a blind spot? Right. Because in my opinion, and just going to a, a, a high school, a vocational high school, there's prestige that comes along with 
being a college grad, being an HBCU grad, that you are, quote unquote, ready to lead in that position. But there's also great leaders that may not have that traditional, you know, educational system. Right. So what about that? The individuals that's in the trade schools? You know, that's a good question. I don't have an answer for that, but that is something I'm going to take back to my leadership and ask that question Mm -hmm. because we need everyone. We need all ideas. And some people were saying they thought in order to be a leader in an NAACP, you had to be a college graduate, a PhD, a lawyer. That isn't true. So this is a good question and I'm going to get an answer to it. Okay. Right on. Right on. Thank you. Thank you for that. Big Herm, what you got? So, hey, Ms. Francine, again, I want to thank you for coming on to the show. Um, I, I, for me, for me, this is probably one of the most educational shows that I've been part of. I knew about the NAACP, but not really in depth. You know, so again, I would have never thought to call the NAACP if the cops were following me home, or I, I wouldn't know what to call them for, really. So I'm glad that we had this show because now that's in my informational toolbox that I can pass on to other people as well. And, and that's what we do this show for, to get the information out to other folks that might not know, hey, what does these people do? What do they do? We've heard about them before, but what do they really do, actually? So these listeners, I hope you are sharing this, this information, sharing this live stream to get that information out there. And also, uh, Seth just volunteered me to do knocking on people's door to get people to vote. He's always volunteering me without telling me nothing, you know what I mean? But um, if, if that if that's what it takes, I'll be more than happy to help. I just need to talk to him offline about putting me on the spot like that. Man, shut up. Hey, listen. <laughs> hey, you know what? And, and look, Miss Francine, the reason why I did that is because I trust him, and, and he knows that we're going to get it in together, right? And not just that. It's not just him and I. It's the rest of everyone that believes in the Lion's Den and what you're doing, right? And, and that's what it takes. It, the community, if this is a village, like, for real, for real, Let's do it. For You get what I'm saying? Let's move. It, it doesn't matter what colors you wear or what or your letters or whatever the case is. It's the direction that you're going in, right? If we're all going in the same direction, let's get it in. Because what you see, what I see is important. That's our common ground, right on. Mr. Rita, what you got, ma'am? Any final words? Um, first, I just wanted to say that uh, I think it's great that you came on. It certainly just inspires me to know that the work is still going on. I know I joined the NAACP on a college level, but it doesn't matter what you pursue as your education. We all can serve and we all have a stage to do the work to move our community forward. And so I would challenge anybody who started these smaller organizations or these new generation organizations to align with the NAACP and our roots because they did it well and they really did the work that got us where we are here today. So if you're a part of a new organization or created something, align with the people that already have roots in the community. So thank you for having me on the show. And Ms. Francine, we appreciate what you do for the community. Most definitely. Most definitely. And and ma'am, is there anything, anything that you would like to let our audience know or, oh, as a matter of fact, yeah, let's talk about the 13th. Let's talk about August 13th. Okay, so on August 13th, we're going to have what we call a listening campaign. And what this consists of, it, was be, it will be a Zoom call. The police chief, his leadership team, again, after George Floyd's death, he reached out to me and said, what can we do? What can we, the police department, do? There is a distrust between the, the, the community of color and the police department. What are we, are we doing anything wrong? Can we do something different? 
this is an opportunity for them to listen to you as a black person. You know, as I said earlier, black men are perceived different. So you have a different thought or a mindset than say what I. So what I could say to him would be different than what you may say to him. This is an opportunity for him to listen to you, to hear your heart. And then from that, we're gonna take that back and do action items from this conversation. So I encourage anyone who has any comment, who have had any interaction with the, the police department, it doesn't have to be O'Fallon, it could be any police department, any concerns you may have, please join us on this Zoom call. So in order to get the credentials, email me at O'Fallon, N-A-A-C-P at gmail.com, and I will send you the credentials. But we hope to have you on the call. We hope to hear from you. This is an opportunity for you to speak out, for you to be heard. So I ask you to join us on this call. All right. All right, Miss Francine. So it wasn't that bad being on the den, was it? No, it's okay. You guys, you guys were pretty good to me. <laughs> told you. Told you. It's no, no big deal. You know, we get it in. But, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to let you know that um, whatever you're doing right now, whatever you feel, whatever you feel, if you have a, if you, if you want to know what you can do, if you want to know who to communicate with or whatever, I ask you to look and search right seeking you shall find the information is out there not just that it's been around since what 1906 so it's kind of been out there now the question is what are you going to do with the information okay what are you going to do with that information and it does not matter your economic status your intellectual status if you want to be a part of the change you have to take that step as well all right. You have to take that step as well. So I want to thank Miss Sharita for coming on, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Miss birthday, birthday girl. All right. Another shout out to birthdays out there. Miss Crystal, happy birthday to you. And also Miss Francine, thank you again, ma'am, for coming on to the gym. Okay. And listen, anybody else, y'all could have been anywhere, but you happen to be here with us. So make sure you check us out next week. Right here on the Lions Den, we're going to do it again and just harder and harder. And yes, Herm is going to be knocking on your door. So if you're not registered to vote, see what you can do to vote in your local administration. Or not local administration, but, you know, find out what you have to do in your local area. Okay? And that's all we have. Take it easy. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Make sure to listen to the show on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, and Radio Public where you can subscribe or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you like or dislike this episode, we'd appreciate your feedback on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Lionscast. Check out the book, The Black Collar Mindset, The Art of Strategic Thinking on Amazon or www.theblackcollarmindset.com a manual to maneuver through life strategically by holding yourself accountable. Tune in next week for another episode of The Lion's Den with Seth.